show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. So what's a mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, a Reiki healer, an intuitive counselor, an intuitive artist, an oracle, a medium, or if you do any other kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we are talking about you. And I'm Teresa. And I'm Bree. And we've both been self-employed and running our own mystical businesses for decades. And we both know what goes into running a successful mystical business. We know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and to keep things rocking. We also know how much courage it takes to put yourself out there, to promote yourself, and to get clients and customers knocking on your door. We also know that mystical business owners face unique challenges, like when you have to deal with people who don't understand or respect what you do, or people who think you're a total whack job or a fraud, or, or people who try to haggle with you or push you to you know, give away your services for free. It could be a tough world out there for mystical entrepreneurs. So peeps, we get you. And we do this show together once a month because we love sharing the business strategies and techniques that we've learned over the years. And it's because we love seeing our fellow mystical entrepreneurs thrive and succeed. And our philosophy is when someone in our mystical business community rises up and shines, makes great money, and makes our industry look good, we all benefit. And we can all learn from what they're doing right. In each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic, and we feature fabulous, fabulous special guests. So, Bree, why don't you tell people what our topic is tonight, and tell us all about our guest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. Hi, everyone. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. Our topic tonight is creativity for business and life. It's a huge topic. Creativity is something we get asked about all of the time. And there was only one woman that we wanted to talk to about this. We, <laughs> Teresa and I said her name at exactly the same moment. It is Chris <laughs> Zidell of Creative Juices Arts. And I want to tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris Zidell is the creative wizard and force of nature behind Creative Juices Arts, an artist, astrologer, and creative business mentor. She teaches people how to get their creative juices flowing and growing. She has worked with thousands of people over her long 30-year career, and her work is deeply transformational, and it absolutely is. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen. Let's get this show started, you guys, and welcome Chris. Yay. Yay! Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, what a fabulous intro. I love being here. That's always fun. <laughs> We it are, it's always good to start badly. off being like, I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Let's have the, the, wizard, the wizard coven. Yes. Oh, my God, that's so great. Well, we Yay. are so excited to have you on here, Chris. And like Bree said, when we started talking about creativity, Bree came up with the idea that we needed to have a we need to have some stuff on creativity for this show. And it, it was so funny that we both right away knew that you were the person we wanted to talk about. So we want to begin talking about creativity. What I'd like you to do is to tell our audience what is creativity. What is creativity? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. What is creativity? <clears throat> well, so one of the things that <clears throat> I was thinking about this today because I knew that I was going to be talking to you guys, plus I think about this all the time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of those questions that's always on my mind. 
So one of the things, like when I um, I teach these intuitive painting classes, and that's the, the core of my business is really bringing people into the studio and having them get in touch with their own imagination and their own creative process and using paint as a way to you know facilitate that. And so there's always a, a, a place that comes up for people where they want to make something on the paper. You know, there's a well, they get inspired to paint a giraffe or to paint an angel or to paint a mountain or to paint a tree. And especially people that don't have a lot of art background, but even sometimes people that do will will freeze, you know, at, in front of the paper and say, oh, my God, I can't do that. I don't know how. And because I don't know how to do it right. And I always say to them, creativity is about making shit up. So <laughs> that's one of my mm-hmm. definitions of creativity is – you know, it's that thing where you really engage your imagination and you engage um, your um, kind of your own internal process and you, you let that be expressed. So that's, you know, kind of a down and dirty definition of creativity for me. What about you, Bree? What do you think creativity is? Oh, I love, I really like Chris's definition. You know, I, I always think of When I think about creativity, I think about the root of the word, because you know that I'm a word nerd. And the root comes all the way from Sanskrit, and it's it's just K-R is how we would translate it. It's kr, and it's a verb, and it means to make or to do. So I really mm-hmm. appreciate Chris's emphasis on the making, right? It's, you just mm-hmm. make it, you do it, you try it. You're the the key is motion, and the key is movement. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I that definition that Chris gave us just totally jams for me because it it speaks to the most ancient root of the word and the idea mm-hmm. mm, i love that i love that that's really beautiful yeah mm-hmm. what, what about, about you Teresa? yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know create for me creativity is about expressing your soul and that's mm-hmm. always what i think about whether it is through you know creating a project, whether it's creating a good meal, whether it is creating a dialogue like we're doing here, I look at creativity as the ability to really express your soul. I see it as soul work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's a whole other piece of it <clears throat> for me. I mean, because like I was thinking about the whole, the business part of it, you know, and how people sometimes get caught up in like thinking that, Creativity is fine if you're going to be if it if it's not it's not serious somehow like if you can you know if you're just making art or you're just kind of you know doing something that um doesn't isn't about money um but as soon as you start thinking about it for business, it's like, oh my God, you know we have to shut the creative creativity down, we can't really trust it and but it is really that thing that you said, Teresa, about expressing yourself and really expressing the soul of who you are and how that gets expressed in your business and your marketing and all those kinds of things. So I love that definition. That's fabulous. Yeah, I mean really I like when it. you think about it, when we when you start talking about business, business for us, when you are an entrepreneur, what are we doing? We are bringing ourselves forward. We are bringing ourselves mm-hmm. and making ourselves available. We're making our souls available. When we are yes. writing our web copy, when we are creating our products, when we are creating our classes, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Again, the word is we are creating, we are expressing, we are tapping into our soul. We are tapping into other people's souls and what they need. So it mm-hmm. is really deep soul stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. <coughs> Absolutely. I so agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, mm-hmm. that brings up, 
Another question that we wanted to ask you, Chris, which is what role does intuition play in creativity? You know, Teresa has brought it brought it up, like the relationship between creativity and soul and the soul work. Mm-hmm. And so intuition, mm-hmm. of course, is a is a player anytime we're talking about that deep work or that soul work. So for you, what's the role that intuition plays in the creative process? Well, I really see them as, um, you know, the intuition <coughs> is really kind of the energy that informs creativity. So, I mean, again, like if I'm um, if I'm creating anything, you know, whether I'm making a painting or I'm writing a blog post or I'm, you know, kind of thinking about what's the next um, offering that I want to bring into the world for my business or whatever, <coughs> that I I talk to my intuition first. You know, it's kind of like where, what is the thing that I have the most excitement about and I have the most energy about and my intuition will always kind of tell me like, okay, this is the, this is the direction that you need to go in. And again, like when I, come, <clears throat> when I do like the, the painting process, you know, it's very much this moment to moment kind of a thing where, um, you know, the intuition doesn't give you everything up front. It will just kind of give you the next step oftentimes, and that's one of the places that people have a hard time with it and with the creative process because they want to know, well, what is, what's it going to look like at the end? You know, am I going to be guaranteed to have something that I am happy with or that it looks the way that I think it's supposed to? And if you're listening to your intuition, it's going to, you know, give you what has the most juice, what has the most energy, what has the most soul. I mean, I love that word, you know, Patrice is really, and both of you are really focusing on that as part of the creative process. And so as you're tapped into your soul and really listening to that, you know, can you allow that to unfold step by step by step and listen to your intuition to, to create something? It's like your intuition helps you to create um, create what's, what wants to be created Without you kind of getting in the way, <laughs> you kind of getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the yeah. intuition that's like, I want to paint the angel. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, right. Exactly. You know, so you might be standing in front of the paper, and your intuition says paint the angel, and your, you know, the, the ego can come in and say, well, no, angels are stupid, or like they're trite, or mm-hmm. you know, you don't know how to do an angel, or don't bother with the angel, and. If you're listening to your intuition, you know, you'll, you'll feel it. You feel it in your body. There's a certain excitement. The other thing about the intuition is it's always very sure of itself, you know, so it knows exactly what the next step is. And if you can just allow yourself to trust that, you know, then you can create some things that are really amazing and that just unfold. It's not that there's not work involved, but there's a certain kind of effortlessness involved when you're accessing your intuition with your creativity. So they're very, very connected. I mean, they're, you know, in my mind, they're very, they're almost the same thing. Right. They're coming from the same source. Exactly right. That's right. Very much so. You bring up a really interesting thing, too, about, you know, when you tap into the intuition and things really flow, your creativity flows. Think about this, too. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever taken courses in how to do copywriting, but when you take these courses, they give you all these formulas and these things that you should do and these things you should follow. And I find that when I listen to that information, it helps to a certain degree, but then what it ends up doing is it ends up making me overthink. And I lose yes. touch with feeling my audience and feeling what I want to convey. 
and it never mm-hmm. comes out the way I want it to then. Do you guys feel the right. same way about that? Like if you follow these courses and these rules and these formulas, that it gets in the way of that whole process. Oh, yeah, very much totally. so. Very much so. Yeah, yeah I mean, because, you know, oftentimes, <clears throat> like when I sit down, like because one of the ways that, like, you know, with both of you, I mean, all three of us are writers. I mean, you know, it's one of the ways that we really express ourselves creatively is through our are writing, and you know, there oftentimes I'll sit down and um, I'll think I'm going to be writing about one thing. You know, like I have this idea. Well, I'm going to want to explore this, that, or the other thing, and then my muse takes me off in some whole other direction. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really where the juice is, and it's really the thing that needs to be expressed in that moment, or 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 I it gets expressed in a way that I wouldn't even have thought of, you know, before I really engage with it. So yeah, those formulas, I mean, they can be they, they can be helpful up to a point, but if they're getting me up into my head, then that's the wrong place to be. That's really not, that's not where my creativity flows from, it's from, you know, the overthinking place, that's for sure. What about you, Bree? Do you find formulas work? Do they give you a framework or do you find that they can get in the way of you really tapping into your intuition and creativity when it comes to your work? Yeah, I'm I'm totally like anti formula. I mean I would sometimes I wish I could <laughs> right. I wish I could be like a little bit more formula, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. really affected by parameters that are set up by other people. So I mm-hmm. I really don't, like, I don't let those into my orbit at all. Like, I'm, you know, Teresa, like, I'm super picky even about, you know, whose email list I'm on mm-hmm. um, because all of that stuff can really, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm interested in how everybody's doing things, but all of those things can become distractions from me getting mm-hmm. down and listening to what I know needs to happen for how I right. do this work and what my voice is. <laughs> And, you know, the yes. example that I always use are, like, my, my newsletters because, you know, they're long. They tend to be, uh, you know, they tend to be, like, a lot more, you know, abstracted at times and then, like, really deep and, and, you know, like, totally not the way that a newsletter for a website should be at all. Like, everybody would say I'm doing it wrong. Um, but my readers tell me that I'm doing it right. And so, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, that's, and, and I know, I know, you know, my body tells me and my soul tells me if I've done a good job or not. Mm-hmm. And so that's, mm-hmm. I've really learned to to listen to that and to put that first. And any formula, any set of rules that tells me I should do it a different way, that always takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful, Brie. Well, the thing I like, so first of all, like when I first started doing blogging and like that, when there was, I don't know, there was some recommendation that you should write a blog less than 500 words. And, like, I can't right. write anything less than 1,200 words to save my life. And it was just like, okay. Oh, my okay, God, we are sisters. Know, we are so sisters. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. You know, and so it was like, well, that's not really my flow. That's not really how the words come out of me. And if I start trying to fit myself into a little box like that, you know, I'm not going to be happy, first of all. I'm going to be um, trying to control my natural creative flow, which is not going to make my muse happy at all. And so then she's going to, you know, get, walk off in a huff. Yeah. And, you know, and it's that, I love what you were saying about the connection between, you know, really feeling what you're writing and feeling it in your body and feeling it in your energy and how 
it, you need to be really kind of tapped in on all those different levels, you know, that it can't just be from your head, you know, because, again, the formula thing is that. It's like, well, do this thing. I mean, first of all, I hate anybody telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have that in common on this phone call. That's oh why God. we're entrepreneurs, oh, because we don't like being told what to do. Word. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's why we don't work for somebody else. <laughs> But it's that trust thing, you know, it's that thing of really trusting in how the creative, you know, the words want to come through you, how, the, how your voice wants to come through you, how your message wants to come through you. And I think that that's a big thing. Like I see that in with some of the women that I work with, like when I do some of the um, the, the business mentoring with people is is that trust. It's so hard to you know, to, to to really trust that what you have to say and how you want to say it and is 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 enough. You know, so that's a that's a big piece of I think one of the things we're trying to communicate to people tonight. Mm-hmm. So totally. So you guys, here's a really good question. I think we need to ponder for our audience: How does creativity show up in business, even a business that isn't? Art related. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, I mean, so for me, <clears throat> and one of the things that, um, so I, I had, I got my first website when, in 2001, because you know, I, you know, I started my business earlier than that, but it was kind of, that it was before I was involved with the digital world, or, and I don't think that many people were back then. Um, and so I had this project that I was going to be doing, which was my website. And the thing that I was totally surprised by was how much fun it was because it was a creative project. <laughs> and it didn't matter that what I was writing about was creativity. I mean, it's, you know, it could have really been anything, but it was this opportunity to make something and to create something and to create this world that I brought people into and to um, really articulate what it was that I wanted to tell people and I wanted to teach them about, you know, what it was that I was offering. So, so that, you know, that was one of the ways that I really, it was like a revelation to me, like, oh my God, this business thing can be really fun and it's just another opportunity to create stuff. So that's one of the ways it showed up for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bree? You know, I don't know how people could do business without calling on their creativity. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, right? I mean, I just, I think about from, like, really banal stuff to who you hire. You know, I mean, you know, who you hire to help you, like, what questions you ask, what filters you have. All of that requires creativity, you know. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting to look at interviews with, like, you know, a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs, often they will talk about their ability to hire really amazing people and how, you know, that, that's like, that's the thing that's, that's kept their company golden. And it's like, that's a very creative thing to be able to do. Um, you yep. know, the way that we allocate our funds in business, you know, what you choose to invest in and what you choose not to invest in, like that requires so much creative thinking. And, and I really, I think one of the cool things about, you know, being an entrepreneur at this time and knowing a lot of really fantastic women who are entrepreneurs as well is that there is within the business community as a whole, I think that there's a lot more openness 
to creative approaches and intuitive approaches than there has been mm -hmm. in the past. I think that we're starting to see that there's something really valuable and worthwhile in these approaches that we've been missing out on when we try to, you know, say, well, this is this is business and this is a boring suit and no color and no fun, you know? Like, right, 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 so, exactly. So, oh my I mean, God. I, I, and everything is gray and it's very dull, you know? And I, I so I mm -hmm. can't imagine, like, how do you do business and not, not have it be creative? Like, it's just so hard mm -hmm. for me to fathom. What about you, Teresa? Mm -hmm. Tell us. Well, you know, creativity, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. Creativity, you know, shows up with the way we also solve our problems in our work. Mm -hmm. You know, who tells you when you begin a business that you're going to maybe one day be faced with some huge issue with your client? Or who goes into this thinking, oh, my God, I have to market. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got to market this. Somebody. I know, really. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells us that, right? <laughs> I mean, we just don't think about it. I mean, at least I didn't because I always say I walked into my business. I didn't know what I was doing. I was totally slack-jawed. So I was like a complete um, piece of putty here that I have, or a piece of clay, excuse me, that I had to really mold and, and work and figure out. And so – Creativity shows up for me like just creative problem solving. It isn't just mm -hmm. I'm creating my blog post or my website, but I'm trying to look for ways to solve issues. And even with my clients, my creativity shows up. We sit down mm -hmm. with the tarot cards. We're looking at creative ways, at looking at their life issues and creative solutions for their problems. So we're always creating. At least I know that I am in my work, even with this problem mm -hmm. solving stuff. Oh yeah, and I think that's really that's really great. I love that. How you're, and again, all the stuff that both of you are saying about how it doesn't have to be boring and you know kind of all left brainy, and also the but again, we can bring our creativity to <clears throat> all kinds of problem solving. And I and I just think about you know like everything that I do in my business, you know, making any kind of decision, you know, in terms of. Um, where I offer a workshop or how I want to present something or, you know, um, again, the money stuff, you know, how I want to, how I want to be creative with how I, you know, how I, how I deal with all of that. And it doesn't, it's really in every part of the business. I mean, there's not any part of the business that I would say is not creative. And that's one of the things that's so fun about it is really allowing that to happen. And I think, it's that thing that we were talking about earlier with the formulas. You know, people are really looking for those formulas. Like, well, okay, this is this is the right way to do it. And if you're following those formulas, then you lose touch with your own creative expression. And then, then your business is no longer yours either. I mean, because that's the other thing about you know, no matter what kind of business that you have, if you're really you know allowing your creativity to be enlisted as a partner in your business. Um, it becomes really yours in a very, um, really powerful and really satisfying way. That's, that's such a good point. I mean, especially for people, I think sometimes our mystic business colleagues can feel like they need to check their creativity because usually they're wildly creative. And But if they're going to mm -hmm. go into business, like they have to kind of check it or put it on the back burner. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. what you're saying is so right on because actually, you know, it's allowing that creative force to have 
scope and depth in your business that sets your business apart, right? And, and so, yes. you know, we, right. you can have 10 people and they're all reading tarot cards, but they mm-hmm. do it in 10 really different ways, as opposed to mm-hmm. having a situation like you had, Teresa, you know, with this copycat, where it's like, oh, that, is, that is such, <laughs> yeah. right? That is such the illustration mm-hmm. of of not allowing your creativity mm-hmm. to flow, of feeling like you you're, you so don't have that resource to call on that you've got to copy somebody else's so right. that your business exactly. looks like somebody else's. And, you know, when you're busy exactly. following other people and following what they're doing and trying to become them, you are really what you're doing is you're shutting down your muse, you're shutting down your soul, and mm-hmm. your ability to really express you in a way that's going to reach people or touch people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You oh my kind God, of block the energy. Mm-hmm. It totally blocks the energy. That's exactly right. You know, Because it is that thing, and I think this is a place where people <clears throat> get scared. You know, it's kind of like, oh, if I show myself, if I really express myself, you know, we're all weird. In some way or another, you know. I mean, if we're if we're if we're being uniquely who we are, you know, we have these weird, quirky parts of us, and and if you know, and there's that that uh, you know, we get this idea about business that you know we have to look and you know perform a certain way to be quote unquote professional, whatever the hell that means. Um, and you know, it's really the color and the and the uniqueness of who we are, and the quirkiness and the weirdness of who we are that lets people know whether or not they want to, you know, whether they want to engage with us. You know, like how we put ourselves out there in that in that unique, weird, quirky way is going to speak to some people. Some people are going to be like, "Oh my God, where have you been my whole life?" <clears throat> and some people are going to walk away, but that's good. That's what you want. You really want that, you know, that, that strong call put out there so that you can attract just the right people who are going to fit with you in a, in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I so agree. So, you know, we've talked about the awesomeness of creativity, and now – Obviously, we have to talk about <laughs> creative. Obviously, we must talk about creative blocks. And I want to know, Chris. I want to know from you. I know, right? Frickin' blocks. I want to know from you <laughs> what what is the best way to work through a creative block. And then I want to hear from Teresa. I want to I want to hear how you work through a creative block when you hit one, Teresa. Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. Well, the thing about, you know, my experience with creative blocks is that what what you're blocking when you're having a creative block is your creativity, is you're you're blocking, you're, you're not allowing yourself to express yourself freely. And that that's really what the block is about. You know, so the, the way that this kind of shows up in my painting classes, again, you know, like I'll, I'll be working with somebody and they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm really stuck. I don't know what to do next, you know. Um, and I'll say, well, what is it that you have thought of that you don't want to do? And then they look at me with this panic look in their eyes like, oh, my God, you know, I'm totally busted. <clears throat> and then, they, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then they do that thing, you know, they do that thing, and then their creativity is like totally flowing again. <clears throat> so, I mean, I I know that that comes up for me in my writing. You know, like if I'm starting, if I feel blocked around something that I'm writing, 
it's usually because there's something that I'm afraid to say or there's something that I'm afraid is too controversial or it's going to, you know, piss somebody off or it's going to be too out there or, you know, a way that I, again, I start to kind of, you know, censor myself. And as soon as I'm censoring myself, then my muse is like, again, like, okay, I'm going to go take a walk until you come back to your senses. Um, so I think, you know, the blockages for me are really around, you know, there's some, because the create, my experience with creativity is that the flow is always there, that we have so much inside of us and so much that we want, that we can express and that we want to express, that we couldn't use it up if we were alive for a million years. <clears throat> um, but when we hit those blockages, it's because there's something that's trying to come through and we are feeling afraid of it or threatened by it or it's, you know, again, it's too too big, too much, too weird, um, too scary for somehow to express that. And so then we shut it down and then we, you know, we think we're blocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love the way you describe all that. And for me, when I get creatively blocked, when I get creative blocked, and I, I do get blocked sometimes often, uh, I find that meditation has always been my go-to mm. way of resolving it. Because, nice. for me- I, I mean, first of all, you know, when I, I have a very, very busy monkey mind. I'm a Gemini. And Chris, you know, you know my chart is very Mercury ruled. <laughs> so my yes, brain is, it is. very, <laughs> it's a very, very active brain. And sometimes that brain can get muddled down with a lot of stuff that ends up really blocking uh, my ability to tap into my creative thinking. And I then end up spinning my wheels. And I, I know then that I have to go and quiet my mind. And when I quiet mm-hmm. my mind, yeah, when I quiet my mind through meditation, especially yoga nidra, what ends up happening then is my muse starts to really work. And it works well mm-hmm. for me. I also find, mm-hmm. too, there's this thing, and I don't know if you guys get this either, Right before I fall asleep, it always seems to happen that all of a sudden my creative stuff starts kicking in. And yes. The yes. Why, yeah, and the reason why, <laughs> it's because you're relaxing your brain, just like when you meditate. So once I started figuring that right. out a long time ago, I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, when I'm about to go to bed, hmm, my creativity kicks in and I can't sleep then. Maybe mm-hmm. if I meditate, my creativity will kick in. And so it works from mm. your charm. And you know what it is? is what are you doing when you're meditating? You're not just quieting your mind. You are once again connecting with soul. You're connecting with source. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bree? How do you work through a creative block? What do you do? You know, if I'm experiencing a creative block, it's really clear to me now that it's because I'm not letting soul be first. I'm let, I'm putting ego mm-hmm. first, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not I'm not like I I don't bash ego like I think ego has a really important role to play in the in the mm-hmm. whole psyche right the whole complex mm-hmm. oh, but yeah. mm-hmm. ego is not supposed to be in the lead at least as I have been taught and in the traditions that I practice ego is not in the lead mm-hmm. soul is in the lead mm-hmm. and so when I'm blocked like that's really it's it's really clear to me that that's the problem so. You know, one thing that I do is I show up regularly for my creative work. So, you know, I have a schedule. Mm -hmm. Like at, you know, 9 a.m. every day, 
I'm writing. I'm working on some piece of writing. Um, mm. You know, I have their – so I show up consistently for my muse so, so, that she, so that when she decides to show up, I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I'm when I'm actually tangling with a block, I will I will get up. Often I will take a short nap, and that that makes a huge difference for me. Um, I can mm-hmm. totally power nap for like 20 minutes and wake up very refreshed. And then the other big one for me is to be with my family and to go outside. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm a Libra, mm-hmm. so I'm super relational. So like being with my beloved, with my husband, with my little boy, like those mm-hmm. things that calls me back to myself and then being outside, mm. you know, just hanging out with a tree, talking to a bird, taking my dog for a mm. walk, like those things bring me back to mm. myself and they remind me that, you know, the creative work that I'm doing, I always think that I have people in my lineage whose voices were not heard for a number of reasons and mm. the work that I do isn't just for me, it's also for them mm. and I have people who will come after me who I want my work to stand as something that inspires and enlivens them mm. and encourages them to do their work. So mm. I also I also think of it in that way as you know I'm I'm part of a much bigger story. Beautiful. I've spoken like a true Libra. Can I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. Totally. So yes. So you know we're mm-hmm. talking about creative blocks, but. Here's something, too, for us to think about, and I think this is something our audience is probably really curious about, too. What are some strategies that can help an entrepreneur keep those creative juices flowing? Now, we're already talking about the blocks, but how do we just keep ourselves juicy? I mean, Chris, your business is called Creative Juices Arts. How do we keep creative <laughs> juices flowing? We want keep answers. us juicy, Chris. <laughs> talked about um you know when she was just sharing <clears throat> which is just so crucial to the um you know to keep the creative juices flowing it's a use it or lose it thing not that you ever lose your creativity i don't really think that you do but or you can't i don't think it's possible but what is true is the more you engage your creativity the more your creativity gives you so it's that thing that brie was talking about in terms of showing up and showing up to be creative every day so she has a, a schedule for her creativity I'm a little bit more kind of all over the place. I show up for it every day, but not the same time. <laughs> but, but I do, but I do show up for it multiple times a day. You know, or I'm, and again, I, I do some of the same things that Brie does. You know, I, I love being out in nature. I mean, that really helps to stimulate me. But I'm always engaging with my creativity, and the more I engage with my creativity, the more my creativity gives me. So I can't, it's not like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, be creative once a month. I mean, that's not really going to work. <clears throat> in order to keep the channels open, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're really, um, you're, you're lubricating the, the gears, you know. You're, you're mm-hmm. making sure that it stays fresh. You're making sure that it stays alive. I mean, because that's the other thing about creativity. It is a, it's a living force. So I have a relationship with my creativity, and I'm constantly engaging in that relationship with my creativity. I talk to my creativity. I listen to my creativity. I ask things of my creativity. I, um, you know, I really feel it as this force in my life that I continually show up for and I show up to. And when I show up for it, it shows up for me big time. 
so it's 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 constantly for me it's like constantly staying engaged with it you know on a on a really regular basis um is what keeps it going i love that mm-hmm. and you know um i also find that everything in life can be inspiration there's yep. inspiration around us all the time you just have to look around mm-hmm. you you know we think when we think of being creative and um how can i remain creative you've got creative inspiration constantly the creative inspiration sometimes for me will come like in a story happening in the news uh it may come that i hear a song and there's something about it that gets to me i'm touched mm-hmm. by it or maybe i have a mm-hmm. conversation with brie and all of a sudden i find myself thinking damn brie you really got me thinking about something here <laughs> or mm-hmm. <laughs> which she yeah. does or I see a beautiful sunset and the colors. I start thinking about that. There is inspiration all around us. And I think mm-hmm. if you have a very curious way of looking at the world, you're going mm-hmm. to find so many things to inspire you. So mm-hmm. many. Things. You've got to be awake at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Bree? What's it for you? The showing up is, like, super, super critical. And I like the way that you were talking about it, Chris and Teresa, both of you. You know, um, I almost think of it as it's almost like a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there needs to be, there needs to be, uh, like, there needs to be stretching. There needs to be daily care, right? Stretching, Mm -hmm. moving, uh, you know, nourishing in all of the ways that we do that. But then there also needs to be the pushing it to its edge, right? That's one of the mm-hmm. ways that we keep our muscles, like, in condition. So, you know, mm-hmm. I work with, with my husband, as you guys know, and he's my editor. And so he is he pushes me to my edge. Like, I will I will write down an idea and he's like, sharpen it. You know, make it sharp, mm. make it clearer, make it sharper, and mm. really challenges right. me. And mm-hmm. and so I I feel like that's really important to keep my juices flowing as well. It's like, you know, I'm I I need to like I wanna I wanna play at that edge. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do you know oh, what that, that makes me? total sense. Well, it's the same thing when you start talking about it being a muscle. You guys, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, but when you start talking about it being a muscle, intuition's a muscle too, you know. And so it's comes yeah. to the same yep. source. And if you yep. exercise your intuitive muscles every day, you become what I call psychically fit. You know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And I I talk about it as going to the psychic gym. I mean, it's just the same thing, right? <laughs> right. We're on the same wavelength with that for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. <clears throat> and I, and again, I really I, love I, what you said about it being a living thing, Chris, and which means that you know you can neglect it and and not kill it, but do damage, right? If you don't if you don't work with it. Well, it's not as it's not as um, vital. It's not as. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, like if you're, you know, if you you think about like if you have a like say you had a horse, you know, and and you didn't feed it, and you didn't exercise it, and you didn't groom it, and, you know, it would start to look pretty pathetic after a while, you know. 
Um, and our creativity is the same thing. Like it thrives on our attention and on our valuing it, you know, because again, it's, it's that thing where it, if, you, if it feels valued by our focusing on it and, and our asking it to really show up, then it just gets more and more vibrant and more and more alive and more, more juicy. And, you know, I mean, the thing, one of the things that, one of the problems that I have actually on the other end is like getting it to, to stop sometimes once mm-hmm. I get it going. It's like, okay, you know. I mean, that's where it's hard to fall asleep at night or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, okay, not now, not now, you know, until I wake up in the morning and you give me these ideas. Um, I mean, that's a whole other side of it. But, but you know, I really just love that whole thing about what Bree was saying about pushing it too, mm-hmm. really pushing it to the edge. Because I think creativity loves that. It's very adventurous. And it likes to take risks. You know, there's something inherently risk-taking about the creative process. You know, it wants to tr- it wants to go places that you've never gone before. It wants to try things that you've never tried before. And so, you know, because there's a, a way that creativity, you know, it, it gets bored easily in a certain way. At least mine does. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's always really interested in the next new thing. You know, because, like, I was thinking about, like, you know, stuff that I've created or things that I've written or, like, I love creating them and then I put them out into the world and then I'm on to the next thing. It's not like I'm holding on to that that one thing that I created forever and it's like, I created i wrote this fabulous blog post in 1998 here it is you know like, you know what's happening now you know where's the place that i'm pushing myself now what's the new thing that's calling me now and what's the edge you know kind of like what you were talking about brie that there's these edges that my creativity really wants to to go to because it wants to grow. You know, it's it's very interested in getting stronger and more vibrant and more vital and more alive. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mhm. I love that. So then, along these lines, what are some of your favorite resources for creative living? Like, what do you look to when you're thinking about how to live creatively, what resources do you turn to or do you find a lot of usefulness in? Are you talking about like other um like other people? And when you when you say resources, what exactly are you asking me? I am talking about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So um, uh, I really liked, so there was that whole thing. Oh, Teresa was talking about the inspiration piece, and that was really, yeah. that, that was really important to me. So, so like one of the things, like I'm sitting in my living room right now as I'm talking to you guys, and I'm looking around, and like there's beauty. I'm, I also have four planets in Libra, so I'm like a big Libra girl, including my yeah. moon. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so the relational thing is it, it inspires me. But there's just so much beauty here in my house, and there's all these, there's all this art all over the place. And some of it is, some of it's Tim, some of it's mine, some of it's people that I know, some of it's you know stuff that I've got in different places. So that's one thing, you know. Like I, my home is a sanctuary for me. It's a sanctuary of beauty. It's a sanctuary of peacefulness. It's a sanctuary of create, you know, creative juiciness. 
Um, you know, nature is a is a resource for me. Um, you know, other people's work. I mean, I get <clears throat> I, I get really inspired by any time anybody does something creative and they take themselves to their edge. It it could be something that I don't necessarily like. I mean, it's not like all art that I see is stuff that I want to have in my house, for example, or, you know, things that I that I like. But I can really appreciate the creative energy. Ooh, got a little echo there. Yeah, I hear yeah, what is that? Got it. Hmm. All right. Okay. Um, are we good? Yep, we're, we're good. good. I think we're good. Okay. Some, some it, was, it was our creative muses. They just wanted to chime in for a minute. <laughs> exactly. That's really what it sounded like. It's like this other earthly kind of a thing. <laughs> but so anyways, you know, um, other people's work it really inspires me. Um, conversations like the one we're having right now, you know, uh, really inspire me. Um, you know, I I love to read. I love to look at other people's art. Um yeah, and then just the resource of kind of coming back to myself. I mean, I think both of you really mentioned that at different times, that there's that continually kind of bringing myself back to my own center, back to my own core, whether it's through meditation or doing art myself or sometimes listening to music or, you know, taking a walk outside. You know, that's a really profound resource. And my connection to spirit, you know, um, which is another way of saying my connection to my muse is also a huge, huge resource for me. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite resources, too, is, of course, I like I say, I like to get inspired all over. Music is such a huge, um, yeah. such a huge inspiration for me. I mm-hmm. always say I have the soul of a musician, but I just have no musical talent whatsoever. It's not my my thing. But I am endlessly inspired by the way musicians look at the world. And when you talk about edge um i think somebody who really is a huge inspiration to me and has always been a huge inspiration to me uh was david bowie and david bowie you know was one of those people who was always changing all i mean he really you know pushed the envelope he was always doing things differently he was being current he was he was certainly someone who pushed his edges and pushed our edges and he had a really beautiful quote that i love and the quote is if you feel safe in the area you're working in you're not working in the right area always go a little Mm -hmm. further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in go a little bit out of your depth and when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom you're just about in the right place to do something exciting Mm -hmm. that's oh my god Mm. That's totally profound. That gave me chills. That totally gave me chills. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and he's an example of somebody who's been amazingly successful. But I think um, our final question is probably going to be a really important one that people need to be listening to. Let's talk about getting paid for creative or mystical work. Chris, what is your advice for that? You know, there's a, there's a lot of weird stuff around. You know, getting paid <laughs> for art. <laughs> Getting paid for art or mystical work. What is your your thoughts, your advice? Well, you know, <clears throat> this just happened not too long ago, um, where I was, you know, I had one of my weekly classes, and <clears throat> I was there, and um, I was, I'm always happy, I, I'm always happy to ask people for money. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to pay up now, you know, and 
And so this one woman handed me her check, and I said, oh, my God, I just love getting paid. You know, thank you so much for paying me. And she said, well, you're an artist. You're not supposed to like money. And I was just wow. a Wow. Wow. She said that. Wow. She actually said that. She actually said that. And I said, well, that's actually not the truth for me. You know, I really love – it's an exchange. You know, I love that exchange. I love – putting out my energy into the world. You know, I love tapping into my own creative source and I love expressing myself. I mean, it's just the biggest high ever. And I love getting responded to, you know, so you can get responded to in all kinds of levels, but money is a really important way to get responded to. So I, you know, another thing that I sometimes say is, you know, I love money and money loves me. I mean, so there is, there's this, again, it's that whole relationship thing. And I, I know that, you know, oftentimes people that are in the mystical professions, you know, sometimes in the healing professions, <clears throat> that there can be a lot of wonkiness around that, like that it's somehow dirty or you're being greedy or there's something wrong with you for um, wanting to get paid, you know, and paid well for your work. And when people have that kind of attitude, it, it can really block you know, them getting, being open to that. So, I mean, it's something that for whatever reason, I've, you know, I've, I've always felt really uh, good about that. You know, it's, it, I haven't ever had that conflict and I'm grateful for that. I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is because I grew up in a family there where um, my father had his own business. So I, I come out of that background. So mm-hmm. it's like it was, you know, it was really okay to get paid for, you know, what you put out into the world. Um, but I think it's really important to um, clear out any of that stuff that you have around that is somehow wrong to get paid for. Well, it's partly it's because you're you're doing something that you love. I mean, that's another thing that people will say, well, isn't that enough? And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, it's wonderful that I love what I do, and I feel really, really blessed and really grateful for that. And it's also really wonderful that I make money and I make good money um, doing what it is that I put out into the world. So that's I'm my wrap curious, on that. Chris, you work with a lot of people who are, you know, coming into relationship with their own creativity. And, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder, like, in your experience, when you see people who decide – to start to take some of their creative work out into the marketplace and charge for it, do you see that there's a trend of undercharging or overcharging? Like, are there any like big money trends that you that you know you you perk your ears up at and see repeated again and again? Yeah, I mean the undercharging thing. I see that more than I. I mean, I certainly see the overcharging thing too in some arenas, but. For the most part, it's the undercharging thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is that I also work with a lot of women. Um, <clears throat> and I think that women, I don't know. I mean, I don't work with men that much, so I don't know if mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have the same issue. But I don't think they do, not in the same way. Um, that there's that there's this, this thing. It's like, oh, is it really okay for me to, it's the value thing, you know, do I have something of value enough that I can ask to be valued for it, you know, with money? So, um, so yeah, the undercharging thing is definitely an issue. And, and I'm always challenging people around that. It's like, you know, 
Um, and it, of course, it freaks them out, but it's a good thing to really be challenged to charge more <laughs> than you're comfortable charging. And that's something that I do for myself too, because I know I can tend to that. I can tend to be undercharging even myself, you know, even though that's something that I can sometimes struggle with. Um, and so I always check myself. If the first number that I come up with, and I always make it higher than that, <laughs> because I know that I have a tendency to want to, uh, you know, I have that place in me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful advice. This has been a really fabulous show, Chris, and we really thank you for sharing your wisdom with our audience tonight. This has just been fabulous. Mm. Oh, thank you, Teresa. This is so fun. I mean, I could just talk to you gals for hours about this. And um, I feel so grateful to have you both in my life and to um, be able to share this, you know, this beautiful way of being in the world with you. You're you're so much my, my creative sisters. And, you know, thank you for bringing me to the party. Well, we feel the same way. Party so good with you. You're so inspiring. <laughs> and Chris, could you tell people where they can find you? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, you can come to my web home, um, which is uh, creativejuicesarts.com. So it's juices with an S and arts with an S. And, um, you know, again, it's, I have a really great website my husband created for me last year, and it's like coming into a magical world, a magical creative world. So I just want to invite you to come to my magical creative world and um, visit me there and, you know, see all the great things that I have to, to offer. Mm, and it is beautiful and magical. I love your website. I would say enchanting. Oh, thanks. It's a good word. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that. It is enchanting, isn't it? I mean, he did such a great job with that. Yeah. yeah. I have, like, fairies and goddesses and all kind of things kind of, you know, swimming around, and it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And for everyone who's listening, Chris also does business mentoring for creatives and, you know, mystical types and all other sorts of entrepreneurs. So do be mm-hmm. sure to check that out if you are looking for a very good business mentor that can help you tap into your creative juices and get your business really running in a way that is authentically you. Mm, thank you, sweetie. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you both. Mm. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, you guys it's a love fest over here it's it, really a love fest <laughs> it is but we do have to start wrapping it up because as you guys know I love to finish on time because I realize that yes. we've got busy lives and you know this is going to wrap up this episode of Talking Shop so um, Bree oh, what was Teresa, your Teresa I want to know I want to know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode What are you? what are you walking away with The biggest takeaway, one of the things that really struck me is how both of you talked about um, making time every day at the same time to be there for your muse. The discipline Mm. thing, I really, really dug that. It's like, yeah, I think that is really important, and it's something Mm -hmm. that, you know, I try to work on, but I could probably work on a little bit more. What about you, Bree? What's your biggest takeaway or your favorite nugget of advice from anything that we've talked about tonight? Well, I really loved how you, Teresa, talked about you placed creativity within the soul. So, like, immediately, Mm -hmm. just out the gate, that came up and 
both Chris and I really resonated with that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I really love, Chris, how, again, the, the talking about creativity as a living thing, you know, and mm-hmm. so like any living thing, you care for it, you know, and which I also think like, you know, if my dog is thirsty, I'm not going to be like, wait, 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 I'll give you water two weeks from now, which I think sometimes we can, right, we can do that with creativity, like, well, wait, you know, two weeks from now when I have a Saturday to myself, then we'll do something creative, and I just you, you know, making that illustration of, you know, it's a living thing, really just, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, pulled a lot of things together for me. So I loved that. It was super helpful. Mm. Mm. Oh, good. Right. Yeah. Yay. And so you guys know, like, towards the end of each episode, we like to share a few fun tidbits, like the books that we've been reading lately or blogs that we're obsessed with, our favorite songs, that's for Teresa, (laughs) TV shows, food that we're eating. Both Teresa and I are total foodies. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Um, So just fun stuff that we think you, our beloved listeners, would enjoy discovering. Sometimes we might share business-related recommendations as well, sometimes not, because, you know, you can't just talk about business stuff 24-7, in case y'all didn't know that after hanging out with us. So I want to know, Teresa, what's something you've discovered recently or something you've been loving lately? Well, you know, I'm all about music, of course, and the thing that has been on my uh, rotation around here, I discovered this fabulous artist named Rory. It's R-A-U-R-Y. And this guy is 19 years old, and he is a phenomenal talent. He has a song called God's Whisper, and I've been listening to it nonstop. Mm. Oh, my God, his singing. And it's a song about following your higher calling. And mm-hmm. the lyrics are profound. The video for it is fantastic. Uh, and, you know, the interesting thing with him is he found his higher calling very early in life, and so did I. And I found out that him and I are born a day apart. So oh, I've wow. Been very, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've been very obsessed with Rory. How about you, Bree? I want to know what you're obsessed with. And, Chris, we want to know what you're obsessed with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Bree, what's um, something you're obsessed with? So, you know, I I have all kinds of obsessions, um, but one, musically, one album that I just have been listening to so much this winter is N.A.S. Mitchell's um, Child Ballads, and the Child Ballads are... Um, you know, songs that basically came out of Appalachian America, but that started mm. in Europe. Um, we're talking 1600s, 1700s, but obviously a lot of these stories are much older. So there's a real fairy tale folkloric quality to them. And I love her voice and I love the acoustic guitar. Like those, I've just been totally digging that album. And I got a camera for Christmas. And so I've been Ooh. playing with photography. Mm. Speaking of new creative endeavors because I've never been a, I've never been visually creative. My husband is, my mom is, my uncle is, like kind of everybody mm. around me is, but I've never really brought that aspect into my stuff, but I have this awesome Canon camera and I'm totally digging taking pictures right now. So that's the other thing that I'm into. Chris, I what about you? Oh my god, that is so fun. That is so fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I need to I need to post some to like social media. I haven't done that yet. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's I great. Will. That's really fun. Good and Chris, for you. anything you're obsessed uh, with? Well, yeah. I mean, so I have this whole, like, kind of geeky intellectual side to me that I don't really show that many people. <laughs> so I'm always reading these, like, really kind of intense books. <clears throat> so there's a couple that I'm reading right now. Um, one is called The Secret Teachers of the Western World, and it's really talking about how um, – like a lot of the, the the right brain, you know, approaches to life have been really repressed, um, mm. you know, for the past, really since like, I think it's like since 1200 BC. <clears throat> so there's this whole thing about, um, you know, during, at that time that there was, there's this guy named Jean Gebser who talked about how consciousness develops and that we kind of went into this left brain consciousness that we needed to develop and we're, we're coming to the end of that. And so this book really talks about that. So I'm really excited by that idea. And then I came across another book in reading that. It's called The Master and His Emissary. I mean, I don't like the whole thing that it's all about the guy thing, but it's called A Divided Brain in the Making of the Western World. So they talk all about the intuition and the right brain and, um, you know, how that has been. The, the, in the book, the master is really the right brain. Mm-hmm. And the emissary is the left brain. Um, <clears throat> so I'm really obsessed with those books right now. Um, and just I, I love that all that intellectual exploration. I mean, that's something that I just really get off on. So those are two things that I'm really into at this moment. And you guys, these are some really great tidbits, and they're really fun, and I hope our audience gets the books, listens to that music, check it out, and, you know, maybe gets inspired too. So last but not least, a few little announcements. And Bree, what's going on in your business world? Anything that you want your our listeners to know? Any upcoming classes, new projects, things like that? There are no immediately upcoming classes or new projects, but I do want everybody to know that when you sign up for my newsletter, you get a one-question reading with me for free. I call it the Wonderment Reading, and I really love it. I didn't want to, like, do a sucky giveaway, you know. I wanted to do something that was awesome, and I wanted to do it in a way that would help me get to know each of my subscribers because when you have thousands of subscribers, like, you know, it can just become names, and I never want that to happen. So Mm. if you sign up for my newsletter, you get that reading, and you also get a free class that I did about a year ago called Blessing Ways, which is all about the role that prayer and blessing can play in our lives. So those are those are two things that are perennially available on my site. What about you, Teresa? What is going on with you? Anything new happening in the world of the tarot lady? Yes, I have a <laughs> out in November and so that right now it's a little still under wraps and top secret, but you know, just watch my world at the tarolady dot com and people are gonna be getting they're gonna be finding a little bit more about this book that I'm dropping later this year. So that's my mm. Yeah. So on that very happy note, before we sign off, just a really lovely reminder that if you enjoy talking shop Don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows. We've been going here. This is our fourth year. And you can listen listen to all of these shows for free by visiting the Talking Shop archives. Uh, You can find them at thetarolady.com. You just go to the tab called Free Resources, and you're going to hop on down, and you'll find Talking Shop and all the jazz there. Or 
you can go to Bree's site at briannasaucy.com, and what you want to do is scroll over, work with me, and you will find Talking Shop there. Mm. Yes. And we're also cool. on iTunes, too. So, you know, you can find us in many different places. So That's right. Yeah, so that, that's a wrap for this episode. Bree, quickly, what's coming up for next month? Yes, you guys. So please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. We are going to bring in Taya Silvestre of StoryBistro.com. And we're talking about storytelling, I'm so excited, and intuitive marketing. So that show is going to happen on February 24th at 8 p.m. Central Time. We hope to see you all there. And Yes, until, <laughs> it's going to be great. I love Taya. She's awesome. Yeah. So until then, fun. people, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. And you can find me, Bree, at briannasaucy.com. And one more time, Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. Creativejuicesarts.com. Awesome. Yay. Thank Yay. you all so much for listening. Yes, and thanks, Chris. Thank you, Bree. I just love you guys so much. This has been great. Mm, and too. for our love audience, you, adore you both <laughs> And for our audience, just remember to keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams. If you stand your grind, you're going to make it a great month, and we know you will. So keep on, guys. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night.